Labor Day Sunday, 323. I, I always had a thing about numbers. I, I occasionally see those numbers and they kind of make sense to me. Labor Day, 1882, we've been celebrating. Aren't you glad you started back in 1882? <laughs> <laughs> You're not quite that old, right? Okay, but in that time, day and age, the average worker was working 12 hours a day. Now, some of you are back to 10 and 12s, but you're only working four of those or three of those and getting comp for four. And we're, we're living in a different world. Uh, as I look out, I see a firefighter who works 24 hours in one shift, but uh, and he works over seven days, he gets 56 hours a weekend. So uh, it, every job has its benefit, every job has its hours and its uniqueness. A young man uh, decided to start his career a bit of humor here for a moment, and it's it's that interesting concept. The young man was beginning his career. After that, I tried. He said, "I tried working at a donut shop, but I soon got tired of the whole business." <laughs> Isn't that bad? Some of you have been reading these ahead of time for me, okay? He also went to work for a calendar factory, manufacturing calendars, but he said, my days were numbered. <laughs> he also tried to, to be a tailor, but it just wasn't suited for it, mainly because it was a so-so job, and it was depleting and depressing. <laughs> it's, it's, so you get the concept here of, of this, and that's just as a young man. Those are the things that he did as a young man. In his prime, he said, I got a job at a car muffler factory. It was a great job. The only problem was it was exhausting. <laughs> and then he said, I wanted to be a barber, but I just couldn't cut it. And uh, so that, that kind of gives you a sum of, of some of the Labor Day jokes that uh, might help you enjoy a little smile. And uh, just know that uh, God cares for you and is helping you as you labor for the kingdom of God. God is an awesome God. He has an empowerment for us. And uh, I just want to say thank you for being here today. And thank you, ladies, for putting on a great breakfast for us. And we're looking forward to this coming week, the car show, that God would just move mightily. And he's, he's already, his presence and spirit has been here as we've worshiped the Lord this morning in a mighty way. And, and just so grateful for, for the blessings of God. Happy Labor Day. The blessings of labor. That message is entitled, The Blessing of Labor. And there's something about a full day's work. There's something about clocking in, clocking out. There, we are designed to work. God has built within us the drive to work. And... We, we recognize the fact that some people don't comprehend the fact that we uh, are designed to work. Uh, the Thessalonian church was a unique group of people. And uh, they had gotten the message that Jesus was coming back. And they were, they were thrilled about that concept. And so we, we see the empowerment of, of the word. And they got to the point where some of them were saying, you know, we're going to uh, we're going to get raptured out of here. So, what, what's the use? And so they became idle. 
And so God instructs us in his word that we're not to become idle. Uh, a warning against idleness. In uh, 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, it says, In the day, in the name of the Lord Jesus, in the name of the Lord Jesus, we command your brothers to keep away from every brother who is idle and does not live according to the teachings you received from us. For you yourselves know how you ought to follow our example. We were not idle. Paul saying, we were not idle when we were with you, nor did we eat anyone's food without paying for it. On the contrary, we worked night and day, laboring and toiling so that we would not be a burden to any of you. We did this not because we do not have the right to such help, but in order to make ourselves a model for you to follow. For even when we were with you, we gave you this rule. If a man will not work, he shall not eat. Main text. Nor did we eat anyone's food without paying for it. On the contrary, we worked night and day, laboring and toiling, that you would not be a burden in any way to you, that we would not be a burden. The Thessalonica church was looking for the return of Christ. And some of them took that to the nth degree and began to just declare, you know, I really don't have to work. I can sit back and Jesus is coming and it's all going to work out. It's going to be great. Back uh, in uh, 88, there was a book written about the reason, 88 reasons why Jesus was coming back in 88. And the person who wrote that got a lot of scorn from people, but his heart was, we are to be desiring the imminent return of Jesus Christ. Amen. And so, uh, if you could write a book that Jesus is coming back in 2024, it causes people to think Jesus could come back in 2024. Guess what? Jesus could come back before tomorrow. That's right. Amen. And so, the imminent return. And so, how people respond to that differently. Some people got excited about the fact Jesus would return, and they took their credit cards and maxed them out. They're probably still paying on the balance. Okay. Yeah. And, and so we don't do, pardon the expression, stupid stuff. We allow the presence of God to help us. And the instructions here is that they was withdrawing from their walk with God. They was withdrawing from, from working. And they were literally just a, a sponge taking from everybody. Believers should show their disapproval to a brother who refuses to work when he's capable of working and back off from him socially. Not excommunicate him out of the church, but just back off and don't spend a lot of your time with him. Negative influence has a way of attacking you. And so if you keep yourself away from sluggers, keep yourself away from those who are, 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 are beating the clock at work and, and not working, don't fellowship with those people because it will drag you with them and you'll be doing the same sin. You have to separate yourself. Paul was saying that, that we, we are called to be industrious. We're called to be workers. We are called to be self-supporting. And he, he proved that by his life. And uh, every moment, serving and working and realizing the Lord might come in this lifetime. Jesus may come this day. And man, if he does, we're out of here saying hallelujah. But at the same time, the fullness of time, we're still we're on the brink of the fullness of time that every ear will hear the message of Jesus. 
that every nation will hear the message of Jesus. There's, there's people groups that haven't heard the word preached to them. But in Romans it says you don't have to have a preacher. You God gives you nature to speak to you about who he is. And so no man will have an excuse before they stand before God. I, I didn't know. God said, no, remember back when this and this and this and this. And so we all stand before the Lord in knowing that, that judgment will come and direction will come and, and promotion will come as we serve the Lord. And so Paul was saying, I, I, I've not been a burden to anyone. As a preacher of the gospel, he had a right to support. In Corinthians and Titus and Timothy, it speaks about uh, rewarding those who have, have brought you into the faith and, and making sure their needs are met. But Paul was setting an example of, of industrious work. He was saying, we are workers in the kingdom of God. We are doing what God has called us to do, and we're going to be what God has called us to do, and that is to do the work of the ministry and to, to bless people. The, the able-bodied Christian refusing to work doesn't need neither. And, and that's, that's a hard task because we live in America. There's some social economics that goes on with, with government giving handouts. The stimulus money that went out during COVID was, was not really quality stuff because they're trying to replace God meeting the needs of mankind. And if the government can meet your needs, it can tell you what to do. And the Bible definitely says there's a distinction between honoring God and bowing to a government. Daniel honored God, and God provided miraculously for him. Now, this doesn't mean that we go out in the streets and we ride against our government. It means that we, we declare God's goodness in America. Go to the polls and vote and be the best Christian you can be and to do the very best job of working for God and living for God. You see, whenever people become idle, they become uh, delighted in busybodiness. Some don't attend to business, but are busybodies. Some are not busy people, but they are busybodies. Some are not busy in their own business, but they're over busy in other people's business. And, and it's so easy to get sidetracked where, where you get involved in other people's business when God has something special just for you. And so we have that declaration not to have idle hands, laboring and toiling so that we would not be a burden to anyone. Paul is saying we labored because we didn't want to be a burden to anyone else. We wanted to provide for the gospel to go forth. We wanted wanted no one to be able to say, well, you just use that gospel just to, just to make a living. No, you preach the gospel because you're called. You don't preach the gospel because of the money. You preach the gospel because you're called into the kingdom. And it's nice to have the finances to pay the bills in your own house, but we're called to minister. And Paul calls all of us that we're all called to minister. We're all called to do kind things to our neighbors, to help people in distress, to, to be there and to preach the gospel in using words when absolutely necessary. In other words, sometimes we preach the gospel and we, we can do it through just simply declaring the presence of God Almighty.
We're to be imitators of Paul. Paul himself was re reinforces the idea of six days of work and taking that Sabbath and having the day of Sabbath. It's so important that we recognize that God has a plan and a purpose and we are to rest. Uh, in Matthew's gospel, I opened this morning with the fact that it said to the effect of uh, allowing the Holy Spirit to, to help you in the time of, of distress, in the time of uh, difficulties. It says, uh, take my yoke upon you. Jesus speaking to this, speaking these words, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in spirit, in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. God says, I want to be with you. Jesus said, take on my yoke. I, I vision this as, as a, a double team. When you have two horses or, or, or two oxen together, you yoke them together, and, and you put a bar across it, catching both yokes. It's, I think it's important that we, we visualize ourselves as being a double team in the sense that, that we have our declaration of who we are. We have the fact that we are a born-again believer in the Lord Jesus Christ. And we're in our yoke, if you would. And we have the, the trailer behind us and we're pulling the, the wagon or, or pulling the apparatus with, with our harness and our yoke. But then there's the beam that goes across and on that beam is the next person who is the harness. And I see that person as Jesus. And so if Jesus is pulling with you, you can do anything. Amen? If Jesus is in the yoke next to you, you can pull the heavy load. You can go through the difficulties of life because Jesus is walking with you. Because you have made him your, his Lord and Savior. The power of not being idle. The power of letting Jesus carry the burden with you. The empowerment that Jesus is there to help you in every situation all the time is powerful. It's absolutely powerful. The fruits of your labor. The fruits of your labor. I uh, am grateful to God for fruit. Fresh fruit. I, I, I picked an apple this past week off my apple tree. It's beginning close to getting totally ripe. And the Lord has blessed me to be around fruit all of my life. 18 years in one house with an apple tree in the backyard, always. Working in apple orchards. And then when I got into ministry, I would find myself at an apple orchard to go pick and, and be around that. And so fruit, when God's word talks about being fruitful, the fruit of your labors. Some of you have ate tomatoes out of your gardens. And it's, it, it's amazing when you sit down and look at your plate and realize that that food that you're eating, God has allowed you the ability to plant that seed. God helped it to grow. God watered it. It's, it's that process. And there's, there's a fruit of, of the labor. And so Labor Day Sunday, we're talking about the fruit of the labor. And we look at Psalms 128. 
Blessed are all who fear the Lord, who walk in his ways. God has been taking me through the principle of fearing God. The God has been taking me through the principle of the awe of God. How that he is supreme. His presence is supreme. There's nobody that we should be honoring more than God. There's nothing, nothing on earth that we shouldn't be spending more time on than being in God's presence. And God's presence can be with you on the job. You can say, thank you, Jesus, for walking with me. Verse 2, it says, you will eat the fruit of your labor. Blessings and prosperity will be yours. God wants us to be involved in labor. And uh, the first verse talks about blessed are those who fear the Lord. Those who give an awe of God. Those who say, God, you gave me life, you can take my life. And to understand how awesome our God is. You will eat the fruit of your labor, and blessings and prosperity will be yours. As you have labored, as you've put God first in your life, God's blessings will come. Your wife will be like a fruited vine within your house. My sons will be like olive shoots around your table. This, thus is the man blessed who fears the Lord. Again, the fear of the Lord, that, that awe of God, that reverence of God, that, that declaring who God is, that all your allegiance goes to God. May the, God, may the Lord bless you from Zion all the days of your life. May you see the prosperity of Jerusalem. And may you live to see your children's children. Peace be upon Israel. And of course, this was written in Old Testament days. But the declaration is still true to us today. That God wants to bless and bring a longevity to our lives. We, the laborer who fears God, he doesn't prematurely pass. He enjoys the material blessings and wealth of his labors. There's a happiness that comes. There's a joy. And there's the discord and the strife is gone. And there's joyful contentment in the presence of God because there's a fear of God. Prosperity. Things will go well with him because he's feared God. There's protection and calamity. There, even during drought and pestilence and defeat, God has miraculously touched people with the presence and the power of prosperity because people have been faithful to fear God. Productivity in the fact that fruitful vines. His wife will bring children into the home. And this is all a, a beautiful, beautiful song of ascent. As they went to church, they would sing this particular song. And it is just a beautiful song in the fact that God blesses faithfulness. And, and spiritual blessings are most important. Soul prosperity is the best prosperity you can have. Soul prosperity, your soul, soul prosperity is the best prosperity you can have. Amen. Because you're taking your soul to be eternally in heaven. So when we come to church, when we open up our Bible, when we turn on the gospel radio station, we begin to sing, we begin to praise God as we're driving down the road. We are building a prosperity of soul. Soul prosperity. Our spiritual production of joy. Our spiritual production deep within us. The physical body being healed by the presence of God. God has a way of bringing peace that no one else can bring. The psalmist closes out. And this is the last two verses. Would you help me? I need a left hand or right hand. Open like this and point it towards me. Okay? And what we're going to do is, is we're going to take these last two verses and we're going to pray them over you and your hands open to receive from God. These last two verses. 
May the Lord bless you from Zion all the days of your life. May you seek prosperity of Jerusalem, and may you live to see your children's children. Peace be upon Israel. Peace be upon you, because you represent Israel as Jesus lives in you. Father God, thank you for blessing our people this day. In Jesus' name. You see, God wants us to use the word to pray the word over us, to bless us, Lord, to bless us and see the Lord do a great and mighty thing. It is a powerful thing to know that we have a God who wants to bless us, a God who wants to empower us. It's so important that we recognize the fact that if you'll fear God and follow Him, God will take care of you. God will take care of you. I have a phrase that uh, is not uh, a... Uh, or rather a word that this word if it's said in a good attitude it's okay if it's in a middle attitude it's okay in a bad attitude it's okay but in reality I hate this word <laughs> <laughs> because the world has taken it and put it into a vernacular that it just doesn't hold true but I find it in the Word of God, and in the Word of God, you cannot delay. You must declare the Word and what it says and how it says it, and to know that that God is the the author and finish of our faith, and He's the one who provides for us in every way. Colossians chapter three. In Colossians chapter three, you find the word whatever. <laughs> and whatever is that word that. You know, people say, oh, whatever. No, 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 no. I want to know an answer. Oh, whatever. And it, to me, it, it's just an argumentative word. But I see it in scriptures. So I must follow through on that particular scripture. In Colossians chapter 3 and verse 23, and it reads, Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for men. Amen. Whatever you do, whatever you do, whatever job you find yourself in, whatever occupation, whatever hobby, whatever yard work, whatever ministry, it, it's, it's, it's that all-inclusive, that word meaning all-inclusive, everything that we do is to bring glory and honor to God. And as we see the, the beginnings of this, it says, Slaves, obey your earthly masters in everything. And do it not only when their eyes are on you and to win their favor, but with sincerity of heart and reverence for the Lord. Whatever you do, work as it is with your heart, all of your heart, as working for the Lord, not for men. And when we begin to realize God is the one who brings prosperity of health. God is the one who brings prosperity of spirit. God is the one who brings the prosperity of, of our soul. God is the one who brings prosperity in relationships and family and, and friendships. God is, is responsible for all of that. And so we're, we're to work as unto the Lord, not as unto man. Not just to please somebody, but to please God the ultimate supreme God of the universe who gives us the breath to breathe, who saw that we was knitted together in our mother's womb. Whatever you do, do it as unto the Lord. Do it as unto the Lord. 
do it as unto the Lord. Well, I don't have to do that. Somebody else can do that. Why, why do you put yourself away from doing that? Just do it. Just do it. But pastor, I'm not getting paid to do that. <laughs> yes, you are. <laughs> no, my paycheck says it's just 40 hours. It's just, no, 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 no. Your eyes are way too low. We need to get them up and see Jesus. We need to give up and see God Almighty. We need to get him up and get our hands up and let the Holy Ghost come in our hearts. That we have a change of heart, a change of mind. That if there's something to do for God, anything we can do for God, we need to make waves out of our life and say, God, I am moving into this. I am going to do this for you. God, I'm going to do this for you. I'm going to do this for you. You see, your boss will see when you do things that you're not getting paid for. And he might reward you. That's not the key. The key is, is that you do to bring glory and honor to God. Now, don't get in trouble with the union. No, don't do another union man's job and mess up his job. But, but just simple stuff. Simple stuff. You see something on the ground, pick it up, throw it in the trash. Why do you put it there? I, 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 I. We got a whole city full of people that said, I, I didn't do it. <laughs> but it's the simple things of life. That God wants to perfect in us. And whatever we do, we do as unto the Lord. And in our labor for the Lord, we must recognize the fact that, that there is a great blessing, a great blessing in the presence of God Almighty. In Hebrews 4.16 it says, Let us then approach the throne of grace with confidence, so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our times of need. We're living in a time where we desperately need the presence of God. We desperately need the grace and the mercy of God ministering to us. We're living in a time when we must recognize that Jesus said, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart. And you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. God wants to bring lightness into your spirit, into your heart, and joy, and peace, and patience, and kindness, and gentleness, self-control, the fruits of the spirit. God wants to bring them into our lives as we labor for him, as we quit looking at, I have a right, and just say, God, you have the right. God, help me to be a laborous person. Help me to labor for you. Amen. Help me to work for you. Help me to keep my heart in tune with you. No matter what other people are doing, no matter what other people are saying, God, I want to be in tune with you. Shall we pray? Father God, thank you for this Labor Day Sunday. As we recognize that our labor is not in vain. God, you see every word, every idle thing that happens. And so God, help us not to be idle, but help us, oh God, to declare your goodness. Help us, O oh God, to declare your goodness and help us to be busy about the Father's work. No, it's not busy, but God, what you would have us to do. How would you would work in our lives? For God, there are tremendous needs around this world of blessing people. God, thank you for this church that has been so faithful to bless people around the world through missions. God, missionaries today are driving the vehicle because we've given the speed of light.
They're passing out material to help students to learn about Jesus on paper because of BGMC. The WMs, the Women's Ministry, has touched ministers and their wives as they travel the nation, Lord, doing missionary work. The inner city, Father God, we're grateful for the power of the Holy Spirit moving upon missionaries to touch the inner cities of America and around the world. God, we're grateful for your protection upon Israel. And Lord, we ask that you would help America to stand with Israel, that the blessings of God would fall upon America and not curses. Lord, we come against the violence in our street. We ask for protection for the body of Christ. Lord, that you would protect the body of Christ from all evil. And Lord, help us to carry the gospel message to the ends of the earth. For one day, Lord Jesus, you're coming back. And Lord, we ask for your empowerment. May your Holy Spirit draw us to be kingdom builders, the kingdom of God, building the kingdom of God because of the labor that you have trained us. God, you have trained us into a work ethic. And God, we're grateful for the blessings of the Holy Spirit and the Word of God that empowers us not to be idle, but to be involved in God's work with all of our heart, body, soul, and mind. Thank you, Lord, for doing it. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Will you stand with me today? We have the anointing oil here. And Labor Day is a very special day where we take time to remember those who labor among us. But also, it's a time to ask for God's blessing to empower us to renew our spirit in God. Renew our calling, if you would. Renew our dedication to be a laborer for the kingdom of God. I'm going to ask for some of our ladies. Thank you for joining us today. We're going to go into our altar service now. And, and may God bless you this Labor Day. And may you seek the face of God. In Jesus' name. Amen.